Welcome back to the Brothers Book Club Podcast. We are on episode five of our book review-focused show, the new slim reformed edition of this podcast. And we're here today with a a monumental episode, I think. This is the good contrast to the Kingfisher one, which was episode two. I think we've arrived at a different uh, end of the book reading. uh, Yeah, we're riding a high right now. Five, Five and alive. I think so. Yeah, that's that. That's the expression. Best birthday, best um, best amount of cake to eat. Five slices, I think. No, is, it, is that is that what you cap out at five? I, or is that, that's like the sweet spot. I think. Well, maybe for mini cupcakes. I don't know. Mini cupcakes. All right. I'm trying to yeah. think of things that come in groups of five that like where that's the number. That's the sweet spot. Again, Ooh. slices of pizza, but that's only if you're looking to just do some damage. Sure. I mean, that's, yeah, maybe like a personal pizza or one you cook at home. The, those five oh, slices, yeah. you know, that's like a half that's a true. pizza. I, yeah. I, yeah, you could put down five of those, no problem. I do know this, that Frederick Nietzsche would give us five criticisms for this tangent we've gone on, because this is a man about 100%. his business. Yeah, it's a... Uh, I'm sure he would probably despise most things about what we're about to do, but... You know, I can't please everybody, I guess. I I can't agree with that completely. He clearly enjoys psychological probing. We're about to probe his psychological status, or at least the status of his writings. I think he'd be on board. You know what? That's true. And that's basically how he starts it off. He's like, you know what? We've lost, somehow we've lost the uh, ability to just like critically analyze or psychologically observe, which is like the cheapest thrill. It's like, it's fun for everybody. Why don't we do that more often? So I don't know. Maybe you would like it. Well, there are certainly more distractions in our year 2019 than there were in his. So let's get into the book review and see if it's worth uh, the listener's time. We are reviewing, uh, as we've kind of already said, Frederick Nietzsche, the philosopher. Um, The collection we have here from Penguin is called Aphorisms on Love and Hate. Do you know what an aphorism is? I was just going to ask you that. No, I don't. So I took off the old bookshelf. I have two literary dictionaries from back in my college days. This one's the Penguin edition. Oh, well, that's so. Cool. We've got the how, Penguin how Penguin Penguin definition of or Penguin um, dictionary of literary terms and literary theory. I it's need about that. So bad. eight or nine hundred pages of just literary terms. Aphorism is a terse statement of truth or dogma a pithy generalization which may or may not be witty. The proverb is often aphoristic, so is the maxim. And that actually gave me some confidence because I going into this, I thought an aphorism was just another word for maxim. And so, right. yeah, it's just it, a successful aphorism exposes and condenses at any rate a part of the truth or, you know, like a, a wisdom or a wise, timeless statement. Yep. Okay, And then yeah. they list off about 100 authors that have contributed aphorisms to the culture, and Nietzsche is in their list. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. So he made it into the Penguin's um, Literary Dictionary, which surprises no one. No. That's, uh, that's what we have here. The collection, though, that we have came from Nietzsche's original published book, Human, All Too Human. They're all from the same book. It's a great, it's a great title. 
Yeah, yeah, and fitting. We'll get into that too. Yeah. Um, so if you're out there and this review intrigues you or you want to know where these came from, that's what you're looking for at your local public library bookstores, human, all too human. I'm actually, yeah, I might have to seek this out. Uh, we'll get into it and uh, we'll explain why, but I'm into that. We'll kick us off then. Let's start with quotes. This is what we usually begin with. We're going to pick out some things that struck us or stirred us. Um, start us off, Ryan. What kind of quotes did you pull? What uh, what struck you? You know, it's like you, a lot of times I'm going through these books and I'm, you know, highlighting little passages, you know, pulling quotes or just, you know, marking things that I like. And I'm opening, I'm going, I'm scrolling through the book right now and there's, there's just a ton there. He covers so much ground that you can pick. It's, it's a very highly, I think it's just a highly quotable book in general it's because a lot of these uh, aphorisms or maxims, whatever you want to call them, they can be one sentence. They can be a couple paragraphs, but uh, let's see. Uh, one of the, one of the ones that I pulled that was just, I thought it was just so solid um, I think it's on, I like also that how it just states the topic in the beginning. So this one's about goodwill. That, I couldn't tell, but that may also be Penguin's editing. Ooh. They they may be editorial, no, it's not really an editorializing, but they may be organizing that for the reader. I can't remember. I honestly, I might still have one of his books on my shelf. I'm not going to go grab it now, but I feel like that's a them thing. Though he may have done that too. I can't remember. Well, anyway. Yeah. Well, I now I need to know. So I guess we'll, mm-hmm. we'll, 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 we'll readdress that next week, I think. Sure, um, yeah, sure. This, one, uh, this one's on page 11 and it's about goodwill. And it says, uh, similarly, there's much more happiness to be found in the world than dim eyes can see if one calculates correctly and does not forget all of those moments of ease, which are so plentiful in every day of every human life, even the most oppressed. I thought that was a pretty great one. Is that going on the Pinterest board? Do you think <sighs> it might be a little too long, but the idea no, of it is very Pinterestable. Yeah, no, I think so. That's he, um, there's little it, things. There's like a, you know, like the appreciate the little things. There's gotta be 10 billion of those pins. I think, oh man, yeah, certainly. That's too far gone. There's innumerable. Uh, I, th- <laughs> yeah. I think uh, that it's a good quote to start off with, especially since, and frankly, I didn't pull that many quotes that were on the more grim outlook, um, which he certainly indulges in a lot. But yeah. he's such a, I guess the simplest comparison or simplest expression would be hot and cold. Um, he really, there's some wit- tonal and, and, um, idea whiplash in this collection like he really <laughs> goes from idea to idea and it's can spin you around sometimes yes yeah i agree you can uh you can go from like shaking your head in like total agreement then to just like puzzling what comes next or then just like flat out disagreeing but yeah i think um this one was just kind of right in the middle there and that was one that i reread a few times and that i uh had to highlight it He's got, I saw one of your quotes here, which I won't read. I'll let you explain it. But both of us pulled quotes that for the year 2019 have like immediate, uh, if not topical relevance, like specifically political relevance, which, you know, we won't dig into the um, the issues of the day per se. But this quote I wrote down as being like, if you're if you're in an internet feud or if you're in an internet debate in 2019 over any topic, if you're writing hate posts on a Facebook wall, this is a good quote for you. 
Um, it's from the section called Love is a Device. And it says, whoever wants really to get to know something new, be it a person, an event, or a book, does well to take up this new thing with all possible love, to avert his eye quickly from, even to forget everything about it that he finds anemical, objectionable, or false. Um, which is a, a cry for empathy that you don't hear in some of his other passages. Um, and so I, it's a big ask, you know, again, I'm not going to apply this statement to any one issue or whatever, or any one topic that is in our current events or in our world, but it's uh, it's a big ask for the internet, but maybe, maybe a bold one is what we need. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's, yeah, that's bold enough. Preach, man. I like it. Internet commenters, uh, turn to Nietzsche for your empathy needs. That's the last place anyone's ever going to expect you to go. And hopefully any Facebook trolls that exist are not listening to this show. I just somehow. have to I have to think. We mentioned this in the setup to this episode or the in the previous episode we mentioned this. But for all the high school students who stumble upon a Nietzsche quote, about like disliking people or the world or religion, I have to find that there's some kind of they often descend into internet commenting madness and cruel. I feel like there has to be a connection. I, I don't have the sociology or chops to prove this. And I don't have a grant to, to go find the connection of grant money. Yeah. But I feel like we could trace a line from like, you know, kids scrawling in notebook, all these Nietzsche quotes that they don't really get the context of to maybe internet troll. There might be yeah. a link. I, I can't prove it. I could see that. I guess, you know, like trolling, think about like trolling like 15, 20 years ago is basically like, you know, those kids who like etch that type of stuff on like your their desk. So like the next person who right. comes and like sits at your desk in the next class has to like read whatever. Bathroom stall stuff. Yeah. Which still sure. goes on. That that stuff has not disappeared. Kid, kids like the permanence of it. You know, it's a, it's a real mark. <laughs> it's yeah well of course i think you know trace that back as long as you want cave cave drawings whatever it's, it's still we're all we're all just carving you know oxes and hunting parties it's all it's all thousands yeah. of years oh, old and yeah. just and updated hopefully, hopefully in thousands more we're you know we're judged as a society based on high school middle school bathroom god man i I'd bring truck, it on. Truck, I'd love truck it. Stop. I, yeah, truck stop. I'd love the intergalactic judgment of a, you know, <laughs> alien civilization coming down to like that really graffiti looking S that everyone drew all the time. I thought that uh, was a Stussy S for a long time, but it's not. It just has its own classic, its, its own thing. Yeah, let, me, let me throw out then. I, I do my only other quote I pulled, although you're right, the whole book is kind of a quotable volume. Um, I pulled an improved quote for a rebellious high schooler because I know we set it up last week to talk about it that way. This one I think is is better and also it doesn't, again, he gets thrown around with some religion stuff a lot, which, you know, you, that mileage may vary in, in your high school rebellion, whether you like or dislike religion. But um, this one just says that others suffer must be learned and it can never be learned completely, which I think is just a much better um not a uh, type of nihilism, but it's like a the anti-empathy kind of fallback. Um, I thought that would be a better better use of a a broad Nietzsche quote. Yeah, that one's that was pretty good, and I think there are a couple of other ones in addition to that that are kind of like you know you'll not you'll it's all there's kind of a give and take kind of theme. It's like you'll you'll never be under, able to understand unless you really try. But it's like uh, 
you'll never be. Yeah, I don't know. It, it seems like that's kind of a theme, even throughout like some of the other ones. Like, um, man, there was this one that he was talking about. <laughs> it's like friendship with, uh, I think friendship with a female, I think was what the, like, the title was called. Here, let me try and find it. But it was basically like, there can't be a compatible friendship. Hold on, now I have to find it. Well, he also, I can fill time while you're digging. He also did mention, don't remember the quarter page, but that living with someone, and I think he did mean expressly romantically, like having a roommate, but romantic roommate, is like an untenable, like no one should ever do that. No one should ever live with another person because you just become unbearable to each other over time. You know, it's funny is um, those two, those two aphorisms are, mag- well, I, what are we calling them? Is well, the titles are aphorisms. Or? Well, you, Peng- Penguin them. gives you the all clear to say both or either, but okay. I'd say it's, you know, go with the title. Okay. So th- those two aphorisms are right next to each other. So they're listed. Uh, oh, classic. Right next to each other. So the, <laughs> the one I was referencing is women's friendship and it says, uh, women can very well enter into a friendship with a man, but to maintain it, a little physical antipathy must help out. Yeah. Just like, uh, there's your hot, Nietzsche. There he is. Yeah. Little hostility has to exist. There he is. Too, yeah. yeah. We love that. that. Yeah. But, um, and then That's, the one you're uh, talking about, yeah. <laughs> then the one you're talking about says, if spouses did not live together, good marriages would be more frequent. That's it. That's all. Oh, okay. He doesn't even yeah. elaborate. See, I was I was put it projecting onto him some thoughts, but now he just leaves it there. I guess I guess that's like the I guess that's what you can say about his writing that's really good is that even with like a one sentence thing, you're like, yes, no, yes, no. And yeah, then we you have like a we did go dialogue. out of order today, but let's jump back, uh, which, you know, doesn't really matter much to our style, but let's jump back to quick reviews then. Cause we, we actually didn't open with our quick reviews though. Now I think you've hit upon a quote that kind of exposes my review and maybe yours okay. is that my comparison and my review or analogy is like, this is the 21 minute sitcom of philosophy and, and like, you know, thought, which I think to a 2019 reader is extremely appealing. I found it appealing. And it also, you know, when you're doing quick in and outs like that, you know, he doesn't take a book's worth of research to decide if a man and a woman can be friends if they're attracted to each other or no. like he's not doing the deep dive. We, we've since, I mean, people have since researched, you know, attraction and sexuality and whatever. He's just, he's in it for the sentence, you know, which I think that can really appeal to people. It, it'll give you a quick little thing to think about. It, it'll probably this collection make you say oh yeah as much as it will make you say fuck off i think is like an equal measure yeah and dude if it was a if this was a philosophical sitcom uh, i would watch it like it's, yeah uh, i think i would too so many good hot takes but also even if they're like you know not even elaborate just one sentence two sentences uh, they all really kind of make you contemplate even if you agree right away, you might go back later and reread it and be like, ah, I don't know. I, yeah, there's there's just so much to think about. I think it's, uh, it's very straightforward, but it's also very, uh, it's kind of timeless. But that kind of goes into my review. This is the first Nietzsche that I've read. Is that how you say it? Nietzsche? Sure. Yeah, yeah. 
Friedrich Nietzsche. I, th- I think, I think there's a few, I think there's a few pronunciations that are in play and that could be acceptable. Yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be discern. I'm not gonna be the one to have to decide. You got to be the authority on that, though. I, I'm definitely. I've not. heard the hard ch sound like Nietzsche, like that. Ni- Nietzsche. Yeah. 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 This uh, he's German. I don't know if that. Well, yeah, it, it deeply affects my understanding. I've I went back and re-listened to the uh, first episode, the Mrs. Rosie and the Priest. I mean, these international names, man. We are profoundly just, amateur at pronouncing yeah, yeah. Or, any international name even american ones i can't hang on all of them you know but and looking yeah i just scrolled through the uh the list of the 80 classics and i think that's just going to be a consistent theme we're just going to keep bitch yeah, we'll, we into, we'll keep trying you know we're not yeah. we're not hiding from it we're open yeah. if anything you know if there is anything to be learned someone weigh in tell us Tell us the correct pronunciation or the, uh, someone's got to write that wrong if someone out there knows, but I have no idea. Nietzsche. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, go with, go with, uh, go with Nietzsche's God on this one, whatever you're yeah. feeling, man. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I thought, you know, for this being my first collection of, I, I've, I haven't read anything from him before and the, uh, the hype, Hype was justified. I thought it was fantastic. He does get a ton of play in like, you know, college lecture halls and things like that. And if you're taking any Western philosophy class, he'll, he's bound to show up at some point uh, for better or worse. Honestly, in my recollection, I won't do too much in anecdotes or whatever, but I remember really enjoying it just because it contrasted so well with like Kant and a couple other German dudes I had to read around sure. the same time who are just so much less readable um, and their styles were way more elaborate and far more intricate. And the argumentation was, you know, you're talking eight, eight page paragraph type, just dense, you know, 20 rereads kinds of things, which, you yeah. know, can be enjoyable in its own little way. But I, I remember this being a breath of fresh air, so to speak, when I was in those classes, but yeah, I can I can totally see that, man. I mean, I yeah, I barely skim the surface in uh, like philosophy level, you know, college courses. But this is this is something I enjoy being thirty two. I think this is something that I still would have enjoyed, even maybe even more when I was younger, even at that age. Um, so yeah, I, I can totally see that. Well, yeah, elaborating or, or connecting that back to the high school jokes I was making, it's. It is not uh, so unreasonable to think that when you're younger, a small, dense little piece of rhetoric can more is more likely to like flip your mind or like break oh, your yeah. break your belief system or you know it's <laughs> like that that that's so much more likely to happen uh, at a young age. I think they've even I think they've psychologically even like shown that that the things you read between a certain age or like the music you listen to is the kind of stuff that gets stuck in your brain, you know, and you don't. Anyway, oh, I'm sure totally. there's studies on yeah. that, but yeah, it's true that this reading this in your, if you were 17 or 18 or 16, whatever, like you'd be so much more likely to read a paragraph of an aphorism and go, my God, it's all oh, different yeah, than man. I thought before. <laughs> yeah. That's the, that's the stuff. Uh, I, yeah, I could totally see that. And it's funny. I was thinking about like the references and things where I like might've come across it. And I thought about what's that movie? Um, Little Miss Sunshine, where Paul Dano 
remember his character in that movie is like he does the silent speak. guy yeah he's taking a vow of silence and steve carell's like gets to the bottom of it. he's like so you don't speak because of friedrich nietzsche and he's like nods and he's like cool man yeah that's cool that's so it, like he's he, the perfect example of that yeah he kind of has like that i don't know maybe it's inherent but there is something about his um like his style and like the matter of factness that it does have kind of like a cool factor. And it gets back to what I had said before in the quick review of just because of the extremity of so many of the claims, it's going to, it's going to hit you either in the uplift or the push down of like, you know, incredible or interesting or fuck off. There's really like, very few of his statements leave room for a middling reaction though. I had a few of those too, but it's yeah, and so you should know that going in. That's that's what his writing. I, I think even it would could be argued is intended to do. It's you know it's the fast food, the twenty one minute sitcom of uh, philosophy, really. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. That. It's it's really approachable. I think maybe, that's you know the fast food the maybe sounded like more that. negative than I thought, but it's it I is think, quick. You know, it's got negative connotations, but it's you know it's delicious and easy like McDonald's French fries. Heyo. Well, now I guess now we're, we've really hit it. This is a food review <laughs> podcast. Welcome to the Brothers Takeout Bag podcast. Hey, that's that's another great idea akin, you know, similar to the Pinterest board. I let's feel start, I feel like if you're going to do a food review, that. well, a food we review show No, well, a food review show I think has to have visual components. I would I would refuse to listen to a solely food podcast that has no visual like YouTube tie-in or a... That's a great point. You, you got to yeah, see texture. You got to see... Uh, there's just there's too, there's too much there. There's, there's, con- yeah, there's got to be context. Uh, yeah, intent. Well, let's... Before wrapping up and giving final ratings, let's stick with our now favorite segment. Who knows what new ones we'll introduce, but we're going to do author to author. This is when we uh, take our previous reading and uh, bring it into conversation or something like that with the current reading. Our last reading was a satire essay uh, on why murder is a fine art. I forget the whole title, but that's the gist. That's what, very close. Um, kick us off here. What would uh, what would these authors make of each other? Or I guess more specifically, what, what would Nietzsche make of that? Dude, there's a lot. So he covers so much ground in this book, and there is some stuff, a lot of it, uh, like malice, revenge, um, evil actions, whatever. Uh, there's some part of me thinks that, given the context, like you know he's, he talks a lot about revenge i could feel i could feel like he would be able to appreciate like a good like revenge story like count of monte cristo style and that would be like justifiable to him but otherwise yeah i, mm-hmm. I don't know i feel like he could kind of agree like kind of get on and i think i feel like he would appreciate the satirical aspect too of the actual well, here's an interesting question do you think mm-hmm. that was published when 
Nietzsche was alive. Do you think there was a chance that he would have ever read that? Because Actually, there is a, a chance. Um, this is, we should Wikipedia this, but my computer setup's too awkward to Google right now. I'm pretty sure Nietzsche was an early 1800s guy, and I think that thing from last week was mid or early. So there's a chance that they overlap. Now, granted, one was in England and the other Germany or Austria or whatever, but... Still, you know, it's like I wonder like how well-read he was and if there was ever a chance. I mean, they said it was a relatively popular like English... like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Essay. So, if, this, if this was a podcast know, of scholarship, man. we would have the answer and we would tell it to you now before commercial break. <laughs> and we have neither <laughs> commercials nor scholarship to offer. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not sure. It's a good question, though. Penguin, sponsor the pod yeah. so we can start. Uh, <laughs> so we so we can start doing uh, gotta, actual research. Pay, and pay our research department, out. get an intern. Yeah. No, I think yeah, exactly. that's a good question. I I wrote down. I pulled a, something from twenty one, um, page twenty one in the collection where he talks a lot about how there's just a lack of of perspective how the poor and the rich, that's how he frames it, um, can't truly understand one another. It says each has a false idea of the other. The injustice of the mighty, which enrages us most in history, is by no means as great as it appears. And then none of us feels anything like injustice when there's a great difference between ourselves and some other being, which aligns decently with the whole, I mean, again, it was a satire, but his point was like, great murderers are great artists and we should respect them and admire their work and like, of course, a great murderer isn't going to respond to a person he or she's murdering because who cares? He's he's an artist. Like that's just, that's just his canvas. Like why would he think anything of the the thing? If anything, it's just an annoyance to you know yeah, have to deal with. So I, in the satire yeah. way, I do think that there are moments like that where I'm like, man, he. I don't know. I mean, there, he he does draw out some um, that empathy is a challenge. Then again, he does also have quotes in here directly that say things like um, one can learn to love, but you must be trained things like that, where it's just like you can develop your sympathy or even love, but it's not, it does not happen accidentally. There's no inherent love of man. You have to be, you have to learn it. Um, So I I don't know. I I don't think he's, you know, just flat out pro murder, but there's complications. Dude, I just, it just opened up to a random page and this just came up. It's uh, motive for attack. <laughs> and it says, sure. we, we attack not only to hurt a person, to conquer him, but also perhaps simply to become aware of our own strength. So given that context, sure. Like if, if that's your, you know, if that's the ultimate goal, then yeah yeah maybe he yeah pro very pro who knows yeah this this is a good that was a rich uh placement for us author to author wise because there there <laughs> there's enough aphorisms quotes in there that you could probably dig into the satire part and and have them in conversation pretty i don't know pretty dramatic or not dramatically but there's a lot to to connect to unpack there which is why this is slowly you know this may be a creeper for one of my favorite segments oh yeah no it's a keeper for now Let's um, mm-hmm. let's tell the people if they're keeping this in their collection, Ryan. Are they, are we recommending? What's your score? We do the one to three system. One is a keep away. You're too busy. It's 2019, man. Go watch a good TV show. Two is qualified recommendation. You know, eh, it's got moments. Maybe pick it up if this or this. Three is a um, enthusiastic recommendation. Go get it. Go to your public library, local bookstore. What do you got? Man, I don't know. Well, actually, no, I know 100% this is a three. I don't know if there's a better book that we've read that I've read so far. I mean, granted, this is number five, but 
this makes me want to read more of his writing and actually seek out the human all too human collection that this was pulled from i really like it man this is uh if you haven't read it before pick it up you can you can find a ton in in this little shorts i mean what it's 50 pages but there's yeah it, i thought it was fantastic three stumps hands down and i'm in agreement i'm going three but both for my own personal view and i think how can i again phrase this in the context of 2019 I don't go out of my way to find disagreeable news or points of view or not even just politically, but on many things, but I I do try and to work that stuff in. This will have that. Like if you're going to go out and pick this up, he will say things and make claims that you just will probably detest or at least question heavily or maybe just dislike. Um, But they're so small and you can respond to them and kind of write back in your head and, it just it helps you clarify your own position. I mean, that's the best part about any disagreement. Um, I mean, changing your mind is great too. Truly, I don't think anything written in this style will, is going to deeply change your mind, especially if you're older. You know, you're just not so impressionable. But it, it can at least help you sharpen why you believe something. And, and I did that at least a couple times in here. There was one section on it was either guilt or like wanting people to feel guilt for you. Anyway, it was just a brilliant couple pages about emotion and the way we use emotion sometimes selfishly. It's uh, yes. and just, it just made me clarify things and it made me wonder and help me clarify things. So, yeah, I feel like, man, yeah, three, I feel like everybody can find things in this book that they can apply easily, very easily to their own lives. I mean, yeah. I know that's what I did and you, you'll go through and you'll read some and you'll be like, eh, I don't know, maybe, Maybe not. But there's others that you're just like, yes, uh, I, I totally, I can totally, that's like speaks to me still. Yeah. And I, even, even beyond my personal yeah. reaction, it, it just in terms of, you know, reviewing this for, for the masses, for the people, um, you, you guys are our engine, man. We're doing it for you. Uh, but even <laughs> in that regard or in that lens, through that lens, I think it's just, it's bingeable. Like you can, you know, you're home from a late day at work. You can read a couple pages of this and have a ton of thought and in a little amount of time. It's just, it's it's a true little black classic where you can just take it in small bursts. You can ingest a lot or a little. It's um, it's the kind of find your pace. You can pick your own pace. It's, uh, yeah, great for that. Yeah. I think that's, yeah, I think that's perfectly put. I feel like this is, um, yeah, just like enjoy it at your leisure. It's very easily to be, it's, you know, it's really easy to pick this up and read, yeah, just a few pages and have that, you know, sit on that for a while, let it, uh, let it stir and, uh, you'll, you'll get a lot from it. You'll get, yeah, there's just a ton in here to unpack. So a ton of hot takes. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's a good phrasing for, for this year, for 2019. That's the preferred terminology. Um, I can lightly recommend, though, I took whatever class that was probably in like 2010 or something, so it's been, you know, almost a decade. Um, But I had to read Beyond Good and Evil in college. It's similar to this, short collections. I remember there being parts that were longer than these, like multi-page, you know, uh, psychology or philosophy. Um, Yeah. And then we also had to read a kind of novel called Thus Spoke Zarathustra. That's like your master's class level uh, weird uh, Nietzsche, because that's 
like a novel um, narrative thing. Um, yeah. You clearly know how to title a book, though. I mean, that's. <laughs> I'm I'm uh, I'm looking in the he's got the Nietzsche and uh, Penguin Classics listed, you know, in the beginning of the book. That one's definitely on there, but uh, yeah, he he definitely knows how to title a book. Human uh, all too human is a great title. It's great, so great to say, and it, it turns yeah, on that fantastic. turns on that comma like on a dime, and it just it's such a great little whiplash of a title. Um, yeah. Well, let's let's wrap because this is half an hour, and we're sticking to it, man. We're not uh, we're not going to belabor the point. I think this is a three, and I'm glad you're in agreement. Um, yeah, solid three. Quick preview of next week: we have John Ruskin. Hope. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly. He's English, so uh, he's Victorian. If, if, our track, if, our, if our track record says anything, it's that no, we are not Listen, pronouncing that correctly. So I full disclosure, I read this. I was waiting for a friend. Um, shouts to that friend. I uh, don't want to put anyone on notice, you know, out loud, but um, I think she's listened to the podcast, uh, and thank you for that, all listeners. Anyway, I was waiting for her, and I had a couple beers while I was reading the next one. So I have tons of writing in it. I annotated a lot, whatever. I don't. I remember the gist, um, but we'll have to refresh before we record. Uh, and I, I like it. The preview on the back, it, it, do, it does have a slow start, but let's not review it yet. Um, the radi- it says the radical Victorian art critic's excoriating defense of dignity and creativity in a world obsessed by money. So let's just say I found no shortage of connections. That was part of what I was thinking as I was reading it. Um, there's some 2019 okay. in this one. This is, this is an old essay, but it, uh, once it gets over some things, it, it gets going. This is another one of those that, yeah, you text me on like a, like a Saturday night, like, Hey man, there's, there's some stuff to, there's some good stuff in here. So I'm not going to hype it up too much, but, uh, it's, I think, well, yeah, yeah. Let's not preview too much, but I, I think the takeaway here, I'm a very generous reviewer when I've had about two beers. Uh, and I think that's when I'm at my peak, that's when I'm most receptive to new ideas or just, I, you two, know, any idea. Yeah. <laughs> two, two beers or five, uh, five slices of cake or, mm potentially homemade pizzas Let, or just personal take pizzas. five and cut it any which way two beers and three cakes two beers two pizzas Ooh. a cake I, you know I, that, I think actually that, wow we really loop this one around i think five is a magical number that's a discussion for another uh for another episode that's true that's a different hopefully nietzsche's got some thoughts on that all right ryan take us out let's wrap this all right dudes well uh this has been a really fantastic time and uh, we'll see you next week between the classics see you